Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We are the Bride Radio as the voice of the true Bride of Christ. and engage the bride of Christ to stand up and take your place in the army and the kingdom. We recognize our battle is not with flesh and blood, but with the principalities and the powers of the air. We are a ministry of prayer, and we highlight what God is doing through other ministries and ministers across the globe. We provide a platform for ministers and a place for the bride to come together and rally around each other, hold up each other's arms, and pray for one another. WATV Radio celebrates the various missions that God has called each one of us to in this army, so we desire to promote and enhance the bride as a whole. Go, bride! Our soon-coming king awaits. Welcome to News Today with Dr. June Knight as your host on WITB. This is a WATB disclaimer. Good evening, Bride. Good evening. I know that I told you today that that was going to be my last news broadcast until next week. But some of the strangest things are happening right now, Bride. You know, I've been telling you what my suspicions are about everything merging because of the language of, well, really, ever since uh, President Trump and the Abrahamic Accords. You know, that's really when the strangeness started because he did the um deal where he had them looking at the Constitution, the 1776 Commission, and then all of the other strange executive orders. But I told you too, Bride, that when President Trump was doing all the shenanigans, it was, you know, uh, let's see, right after he signed the peace deal, the Abraham Accords, is when all of the deals started happening with the elections. And I told you, I said, Brian, I can see him going over our heads to the international courts. I said, what do y'all think? Because we know that with George Floyd's family, went went over our government to the global court to turn in the United States of America because we are racist. Well, ever since Biden has been in there, it's been one negative thing against our country after another in the official paperwork. Now, I told you, Bride, I have read this to you. I have read a lot of this paperwork to you, and I told you, especially in the American Rescue Plan, I told you, I said, it sounds like to me that they are literally making a case to the globe on why America is going down. You know, and I told you that that 1776 commission that President Trump did was a uh, move away from our Christian heritage towards the UN agenda. 
Okay, so now I'm laying out the foundation because we're going to examine what is legitly happening today. Okay, I have been telling you lately that they're merging. I've been just feeling that, plus with all the paperwork and everything. Well, today, you know, I brought it up in the broadcast about the Biden-Harris administration. So, I want to show you something. All right. At the White House press conference today, uh, Miss Jen was talking about it. Okay, this was at the press conference. Now, she was talking about all of this. They asked her, why does the White House have Biden-Harris administration on it? Because look, whitehouse.gov, okay. When you look at the administration, it says Biden-Harris. I don't know where the, there it is. The administration, the Biden-Harris administration. Well, they asked her about it and she said, well, it's because, you know, she does so much and she's always the first one in and the first one out. And, you know, we kind of just want to, you know, honor her for what she already does. But she also alluded to there may be some announcements coming very soon that they'll be talking about. So, also, I brought this up today. Also, there was another announcement today. Look at this one. World leaders call for international treaty to combat future pandemics. Well, I've told you, Brad, that this is the one world merger is over COVID. Okay? This is the one world merger because everything is being normalized. Everything is coming together, all the money, the government, and the religion. So let's look and see what they're saying here because this is legit. This is legit because they were talking about it at the White House today. They even asked her about it. And she, they, the White House, I want to tell you, they're not denying it, but they're downplaying it. They're like, well, we're just not so sure if we're going to join right now. Because we have other obligations or whatever, but I'm going to tell you, we are the UN. So there's no way there's going to be some big global uh, agreement without the United States being in there. I can tell you that right now. So let's look at this. Okay, this is dated today. Brussels. Citing what they call the biggest challenge to the global community since the 1940s, the leaders of more than two dozen countries, the European Union and the World Health Organization on Tuesday, floated an international treaty to protect the world from pandemics. In a joint article published in numerous newspapers across the globe, the leaders warned that the current coronavirus pandemic will inevitably be followed by others at some point. They outline a treaty meant to provide universal and equitable access to vaccines, medicines, and diagnostics, a suggestion first made in November by Charles Michel and the president of the European Council the body that represents the leaders of the European Union countries. The article argues that an international understanding similar to the one that followed World War II and that led to the United Nations is needed to build cross-border cooperation before the next global health crisis upends economies and lives. The current pandemic is a stark and painful reminder that nobody is safe until everybody is safe, the leader's right. The suggested treaty is an acknowledgement that the current system of international health institutions, 
symbolized by the relatively powerless World Health Organization and agency of the United Nations is inadequate to the problem. I find that hard to believe because we've been reading in the American Rescue Plan where we are basically falling right under the World Health Organization. There will be other pandemics and other major health emergencies. No single government or multilateral agency can address this threat alone, the leaders note. We believe that nations should work together toward a new international treaty for pandemic preparedness and response. The treaty would call for better alert systems, data sharing, research, and the production and distribution of vaccines, medicines, diagnostics, and personal protective equipment, they said. Now, let me just pause right there, a big fat pause. What do you think they mean right there by personal protective equipment? I would say the uh, connection, your personal protection, which would mean the mark. At a time when COVID-19 has exploited our weaknesses and divisions, we must seize this opportunity and come together as a global community for peaceful cooperation that extends beyond this crisis, the leaders write. Building our capacities and systems to do this will take time and require a sustained political, financial, and societal commitment over many years. The article is not clear, however, about what would happen should a country choose not to cooperate fully or to delay sharing scientific information, as China has been accused of doing with the WHO. China has not signed the letter, at least not so far, neither has the United States. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. In a news conference on Tuesday in Geneva, first of all, let me just tell you all something. Let me tell you something. I learned this when I was in London. They will guard information over certain countries. Like when you're in London, you cannot see a lot of what's happening in the United States. And in the United States, you can't see a lot of what's happening in the United States. Like if they're making deals out there, they're not going to tell their own people they've done it. Do y'all hear what I'm saying? They are going to, they may tell the other countries, but they may not tell your country type of deal because they don't want you to panic. If our country really thought that we left our constitution, if they really, really caught on to what's going on, what do y'all think they would do? If they realized that we left our constitution last year's when I believe we did last September when Trump did that, that's when everything was gone right there. The country just died right there is the way I look at it. But what would they do if they really thought that the Constitution was gone, the United States is gone, and we are officially the UN? What do you think they would do? What do you think they would do? I think we'd have a lot of really mad people, don't you, Bride? That's right, Cheryl. They would revolt. In a news conference on Tuesday in Geneva, the Director General of the World Health Organization, Tedros Adhanom Ghebreyesus, said that when discussions on a treaty start, all member states will be represented. Asked if the leaders of China, the United States, and Russia had been asked to sign the letter, he said that some leaders had chose to opt in. Comment from member states, including the United States and China, was actually positive, he said. Next steps will be to involve all countries, and this is normal, he said. I don't want it to be seen as a problem. As well as European countries and the WHO, the letter's signature included nations in Africa, Asia, and Latin America. Now, how many remembers the United States meeting the other day with Japan, which I thought was bigger than what it was 
On Tuesday during the White House news conference, Jen Psaki, the White House press secretary, said that although the United States was open to further global collaboration, the country was hesitant. That is what she said today, yep, to enter into treaty negotiations. We do have some concerns primarily about the timing and launching into negotiations for a new treaty right now, she said. And we believe that could divert attention away from substantive issues regarding the response preparedness for future pandemic. Yeah, because if America thought that we was signing ourselves over to the UN, do you think people would run and get that shot? No. The only reason they're doing it, I'm talking about conservatives, Christians, and whatnot, is because they think President Trump, they really believe they're going to get the United States back. How sad is this, Brad? How sad is this? People have no idea that it will never come back. The United States is gone. And these people believe that that man is severely, just really going to fight for them. They have no idea how bad this really is. And it is so sad for them because they're wasting all this time that they could be preparing and they're wasting it on Q and they're wasting it on the the false um, image really that President Trump's putting out there. Okay, and then so let's continue here. I guess that's it on that one. Let's see what else people are saying. Let's see here. So they're calling it the World Health Treaty, huh? World Health Treaty. Let's see. A global health treaty. By the who? That's who's doing it? Well, then they are going to sign it because Jen said today they are joining the WHO. So that must be what it is. Let's check this thing out. The WHO Framework Convention on Tobacco Control is the first global health treaty negotiated under the auspices of the World Health Organization. This convention is an evidence-based treaty which is science we've talked about this that reaffirms the right of all people to the highest standard of health it represents a paradigm shift in developing a regulatory strategy to address addictive substances in contrast to produce drug this can't be it the globalization of the tobacco when did this happen Hmm. International treaties, all right. Wow, look at all these treaties. International covenants. Yeah, we read this in the other day. International Convention on the Elimination of All Forms of Racial Discrimination. Can you believe they did that back in 1963? And look what all has happened since then.
World leaders call for new international treaty to improve pandemic response. In a joint article published on Tuesday across leading news platforms, the signatory said that the coronavirus pandemic had been a stark and painful reminder that nobody is safe until everyone is safe and that there will be other pandemics and other major health emergencies, not if, but when. So the question is not if, but when. Together, we must be better prepared to predict, receive, bride. This is that pre-crime. This is what I was telling you about that technology that's coming, that pre-crime like minority report. Prevent, detect, assess, and effectively respond to the pandemics in a highly coordinated fashion, they said. The main goal of the treaty, which will be rooted in the WHO Constitution, I'd like to see what that is, would be to foster a comprehensive approach to strengthen national, regional, and global capacities and resilience to future pandemics, the leaders added. Standing with WHO Director General Tedros Adhanom, whatever, the leaders signed on so far represent Albania, and it goes through all the names. At a time when COVID-19 has exploited our weakness and divisions, we must seize the opportunity and come together as a global community for peaceful cooperation that extends beyond the crisis. All right. He went on to know that the treaty would strengthen the implementation of the international health regulations, as well as provide a framework for international cooperation and solidarity. There you have it. It would help build resilience to pandemics and other global health emergencies. Hmm. All right, Brad. Well, it's coming very, very soon. All right, let's see here. Well, what do y'all think about it, Brad? New treaty would signal high-level political action needed to protect the world from future health. Yeah, you mean the framework y'all are building? No single government or multilateral agency can address this alone. The leader said in their article, the question is not if, but when. Together, we must be better prepared to predict, prevent, detect, assess, and effectively respond to the pandemic. The main goal of the treaty for pandemic preparedness and response would be to foster a comprehensive, multi-sectoral approach to strengthen national, regional, and global capacities and resilience to future pandemics. Hmm. Well, there you have it, Brad. I wanted to show you this real too, real quick, too, before we get off here. AstraZeneca is rebranding itself. Remember today on the broadcast, and I told you about AstraZeneca and all the blood clot problems? 
Well, because of that, they're changing their name. AstraZeneca rebrands the vaccine after the public becomes aware of its dangerous side effects. The pharmaceutical giant AstraZeneca is rebranding their COVID-19 vaccine as the public becomes aware of the dangerous side effects associated with the experimental vaccine. They are calling their vaccine Vaxzevria, now changing it from the previously more generic name of AstraZeneca. Although the packaging may be different, the contents of the vaccine will remain the same. So there you have it, Brad. That's all I have for you. I just, oh, hey, let's see if there's any, uh, see if there's any talk about it online. Let's see when she talks about it. Does President Biden believe that the millions of Americans who lost loved ones to COVID-19 deserve a better response than when the they've gotten from the WHO. In terms of uh, looking into... Origins for COVID-19. Well, uh, I think he believes that the American people, the global community, uh, the medical have an understanding of what her exact role was, and the president, when he was... Program. Mm -hmm. I mean, these are three programs or policies that... It's part of his vision for investing in industries of the future. Uh, he also believes there's more we can do on broadband um, and ensuring that the far too Oh, the infrastructure announcement tomorrow, by the way. Have access and we invest in that. Uh, there's a lot of ways to do that, I will say, though. And he's very open to the ideas coming from Congress on how to do it. And they may have different perspectives on how to do it the right And he is putting this forth because he thinks it's responsible to put forward a plan to pay for it um, as, a, as a means of discussing that. But it's really about investing in workers. He is open to deficit financing in a final package. Uh, again, I think we have any. I think what the statement makes clear is that we remain. Oh, this is the Biden Harris question. Listen to this. The values the president has outlined. Commitments on the table. Of course, to, to nominate an African American woman to the Supreme Court? Yes, absolutely. It certainly is. Yeah. Uh, go ahead. Yes, one more follow-up on the WHO. Is the president disappointed with the WHO? Does he believe they did not do the task? I mean, what the statement makes clear is that we remain, that uh, that was issued by the State Department today, is that we remain confident in uh, the role of the WHO. We uh, look to be a contributing member of the WHO. Say. Uh, we have some concerns, as, we, as I've expressed, about uh, the analysis that's been done so far about the report, and we think that steps can be taken moving forward in the second stage of the review uh, to ameliorate some of those. Okay. Uh, thank you, Jen. Uh, I wanted to ask a few questions. Uh, first, I want to follow up on something President Biden said Wednesday when he was tasking Vice President Harris with managing root causes of the border crisis. Uh, he said uh, that uh, in addition to doing that, she has, quote, about five other major things she's handling. Uh, could you clarify what those are? Well, first, uh, some of it is uh, is we have not yet announced yet, so I won't get ahead of those. Um, Vice President Harris is playing an imperative role uh, out there, connecting with the American people about the American Rescue Plan. She's been traveling across the country. She's done a number of trips and taken steps. She's going to be involved in uh, our effort to communicate with the public about uh, COVID and the importance of the effectiveness and efficiency of the vaccine. Uh, and we'll have more to say soon. With all of the time, uh, the question I asked last week about the White House and the marijuana policy uh, policy that impacted some virus staffers, uh, you, you indicated that things might be different if marijuana was federally legal. Actually, uh, the Democrats in the Senate, led by Major Leader Chuck Schumer, prepared the uh, bill to end federal prohibition of marijuana. Uh, does President Biden support that? He spoke about this on the campaign. He believes in decriminalizing the use of marijuana, but his position is not changed. Decriminalizing marijuana. I think we've expressed our concerns about uh, the role of the lack of transparency, the lack of data that has been provided broadly to the global community. We believe there are steps that can be taken moving forward to ensure that an independent investigation, that uh, global experts are involved in the next stage of this process. 
Uh, but we also believe that the WHO is a body that the United States should be a part of, that in order to make changes happen, we need to have a seat at the table. And that's why we rejoined the WHO. Go ahead, Matt. Thank you very much, Chad. Uh, I have one question of Asia and one question of Asian Americans. Uh, we know that Japanese Prime Minister is coming to visit, and also both Tennessee and State Department are uh, set to uh, host the, uh, the Japanese and South Korean counterparts. Uh, as the representative of the board press group, I've got a question about the Did y'all hear them say they're going to have a half? They're going to appoint an African American uh, Supreme Court one day. And they just announced they're going to put in an Asian in their office. AAPN leaders to hear their input uh, on how we can play the most constructive role possible in the community. And the president raised um, because he felt it was imperative to elevate the uh, continuing threats, the hate speech, and the violence against the Asian American community in his uh, speech he gave during the primetime address a week ago. Go ahead. Yeah, I, uh, I did actually a good follow-up to sure. what Chingy just asked, so thank you, Jen. Sure. Um, so as you know, we've had a spike in carjackings in Washington, D.C. Oh, yeah, it's got to be back here somewhere. Fundamentally different meaning of what the Uh, taking unilateral action on this uh, A discretionary uh, guide. Um, so uh, it should be out soon and we'll wait for it to come out. And then I'm sure we're also, though, uh, very open to hearing ideas and to have an understanding of what her exact role was. And the president, when he was the vice president, played a. There it is. All right, here it is. Hold up. I actually think that. To hearing them, so hopefully people will bring forward ideas. All right, listen to this, Brad. Right. Skinny budget is due out this week. What programs or agencies should we expect to see a boost in funding? I know people love the term skinny budget, but it's actually just a discretionary uh, guide. Um, so uh, it should be out soon, and we'll wait for it to come out, and then I'm sure we'll have an update from our uh, budget, our own team. Thank you, Jen. Uh, could you provide a bit more insight into why the White House has felt the need over the last few days to really clarify the Vice President's role at the border? Was that something that she uh, requested a clarification on? I actually think that members of the media deserve to have an understanding of what her exact role was. And the President, when he was the Vice President, played a very specific role, too, where he uh, was running point on the Northern Triangle. He tell, told the story at the press conference last week about how the President called him back from Turkey, I think it was. And he wants the Vice President to play a similar, similar role and engaging with these countries, engaging with their leaders, figuring out how to invest best, how to work in partnership, how to prevent corruption from taking over, to put in place steps that will uh, make the journey less desirable. Uh, that is certainly a big assignment and one the president is confident the vice president will take on to do. Is the plan always for her to focus on the Northern Triangle countries, the root causes, as opposed to the border, or did something change? That was always the uh, plan and that was the announcement. Okay. Uh, I'd like to find out what the White House thinks about what's happening in San Diego, where some public school teachers are providing programming. Uh, have access, and we invest in that. Uh, there's a lot of ways to do that, I will say, though. Schumer has such a... People in a policy review. Uh, go ahead. Oh, Trevor, did you have a question? I didn't mean yes. to speak. Uh, I, I always have a question. Of course. Uh, so, uh, first, just on the, the infrastructure questions that we were talking about. Yeah. We know. He's proposing a way to pay for his proposals. Timeline for uh, announcing the nomination of the best. Well, summertime, anything? Rob, well, certainly hope so, uh, but uh, I don't have an update on, on when the president will make decisions. Well, we're going to Supreme Court. So, about a year ago, I would say. President disappointed with the delegation? Does he believe they not up to the. Not yet announced yet, so I won't get ahead of those. Um, Vice President Harris is playing an imperative role. Uh, 
Chris, uh, he said uh, that uh, in addition to doing that, she has quote about five other major things she's handling. Uh, could you clarify what those are? Well, first, uh, some of it is uh, is we have not yet announced yet, so I won't get ahead of those. Say. Uh, Vice President Harris is playing an imperative role uh, out there, connecting with the American people about the American Rescue Plan. She's been traveling across the country. She's done a number of trips and taken steps. She's going to be involved in uh, our effort to communicate with the public about uh, COVID and the importance of the effectiveness and efficiency of the vaccine. Uh, and we'll have more to say soon. So there's going to be some announcements come out soon, huh? Well, that's all I have, Brad. I just wanted you to see about the merger. Oh, that's what I was going to see. All right, let's see if there's a international treaty. Uh, COVID. There it is. Okay, here we go. Good morning. What's your breakfast with Sally Nugent and Dan Our headlines for you today. What caused the coronavirus outbreak? A long-awaited report from the World Health Organization is published today. World leaders call for an international treaty to deal with future pandemics. Lawyers set out their opening arguments on the first day of the trial of a police officer accused of the murder of George Floyd. Good morning. Are we set for a bumper delivery for Deliveroo? Shares in the takeaway delivery firm are up for grabs for the first time, but some investors are spooked by a row over workers' rights. What does it tell us about future ways of working? We don't want you to get sick. Dozens of high-profile stars join a campaign by Seleni Henry urging people from black communities to get the COVID vaccine. Good ah. morning. One of the Premier League's greatest strikers, Sergio Aguero, Manchester City's record goal scorer, will leave the club at the end of the season and wants to win more titles before he goes. Hello, the pandemic has seen a huge increase in the number of people wanting to move to the countryside and to the coast. So we're yeah. here to find out what's going on. So even in, in London, London huh? Today across the north and west of Scotland and gusty winds as well. For the rest of us, very warm nights of cloud and some very warm sunshine across England and Wales. I'll add more details in about 10 minutes. <laughs> Good morning, it's Tuesday the 30th of March, our top story. COVID-19 is likely to have been passed to humans from bats through another animal. That's according to a long-awaited report from the World Health Organization into how the pandemic started. Uh, the study, which has been seen by the BBC ahead of its publication this afternoon, also dismisses claims that the virus escaped from a laboratory in China as extremely unlikely. Aruna Ayenga has more. This eagerly awaited report has faced setbacks and diplomatic wrangling. Experts from the WHO had trouble even getting into Wuhan, the city at the centre of the initial outbreak of COVID-19. Investigations finally started in January this year, more than a year after the first cases emerged. Key findings of the experts' report are that COVID-19 passed from bats through an intermediary animal to humans but it doesn't offer definitive answers on the mystery at the very heart of the pandemic, how the virus first jumped to humans, and the theory that the virus was released via a laboratory incident in China is considered extremely unlikely. Of course, I'll have uh, more to say following uh, further review and understanding of uh, the report, but for now, um, all hypotheses will be on the table and we'll need Although the Wuhan food market was initially thought to be where the outbreak began, WHO and Chinese scientists found evidence that the virus could have been circulating for some weeks before December 2019, and some of those infected had no connection with the market. It comes as the Prime Minister, Boris Johnson, joins a group of more than 20 world leaders calling for a new international treaty uh -huh. to deal with future pandemics. They say coronavirus has posed the biggest challenge to the global community since the 1940s and countries must be better prepared 
in the future. The COVID-19 pandemic has killed almost 2.8 million people worldwide. It's hoped the report's findings will give some clearer answers on how the virus came about. Aruna, Look at that bus driver up there. What the world? Now, another pandemic or health crisis is a matter of not if, but when. That's a warning from a group of more than 20 world leaders. Boris Johnson, Emmanuel Macron and Germany's Chancellor Angela Merkel are among those calling for a new international treaty to deal with future outbreaks and ensure universal and equal access to medicine and vaccines. In the United States, witnesses have given powerful testimony to the final moments of the life of George Floyd on the opening day of the trial the former police officer accused of his murder. Prosecutors showed the jury video footage of Derek Chauvin kneeling on Mr Floyd's neck for more than nine minutes. He denies the charges against him. Our correspondent, Lady II... Denies the, the charges? Minutes. What? Derek Chauvin facing a jury of his peers. The central question for both sides in this case, what caused George Floyd's death? We're going to ask that you find him guilty. The prosecution says it was Chauvin kneeling on his neck for nine minutes and 29 seconds. On May 25th of 2020, Mr. Derek Chauvin betrayed this badge when he used excessive and unreasonable force upon the body of Mr. George Floyd. Counsel. Mr. The defence argued that the officers were facing an increasingly hostile crowd, distracting them from Mr. Floyd's care. His death, they said, was the result of drug use and poor health. The evidence will show that Mr. Floyd died of a cardiac arrhythmia that occurred as a result of hypertension, his coronary disease, the ingestion of methamphetamine and fentanyl, wow. and adrenaline throwing, flowing through his body all of which acted to further compromise an already compromised heart. Wow! In the opening days, witnesses a 911 dispatch worker who was watching the arrest via a police camera. She was so alarmed by what she saw that she rang the officer's supervisor. This is the most high-profile police brutality case to be tried in the U.S. for decades. Racism being mentioned in court, but its significance is inescapable. People across this country and the world are watching what happens here closely. Maybe to several BBC News, Minneapolis. Well, Abby joins us now from outside the courtroom in Minneapolis. Uh, take us through the events so far then. Well, we heard the defence and the prosecution set out their cases uh, in the opening statements and with the three witnesses that we saw uh, take, uh, take the witness uh, stand uh, yesterday. Uh, the continuation of the last witness, that martial arts uh, expert, is likely to be what kicks off proceedings uh, in the morning. But uh, it was interesting seeing the two sides set up. Well, that's what they were saying, is that he was on drugs and he was on meth. They're saying that he got, uh, that he died from uh, his own heart. I had no idea about all that. Out their case, the prosecution. But can you imagine, since the case is being held in Minneapolis, that if they let him off because he was on drugs, can you imagine what would happen in this country? And by saying they wanted jurors to remember. Amen, Cheryl. To nine. That is the number of minutes, nine minutes, 29 seconds. That's the time that they say Derek Chauvin was on George Floyd's neck. And they started out by playing very early the full video uh, that we saw going around the world. Many of the jurors hadn't actually seen that video. And even for people that had, it was, was quite a shocking reminder. Uh, the prosecutor saying, you can believe your eyes. Basically saying, uh, whatever the defense say, believe what you're saying here as the cause of death. The defence obviously arguing that we don't know the cause of death, but as I mentioned in my report, there are several other underlying factors that they argue were at play. And they also uh, mentioned the fact that there uh, were other pieces of evidence. It's not just about the amount of time uh, that the encounter uh, took. They mentioned 50,000 
pieces of evidence that have to be gone through and they ask the jury to bear that in mind and that their uh, client they say was just following his training. David, thank you very much for the very latest there and that's uh, something we'll continue to follow over the course of the trial which should take at least a few weeks. So the trial will take a few weeks, man. Let me see here. Joy Floyd trial. Watch day two. Well, I think this is going to... The emotional testimony in the trial of the former officer charged in the death of George Floyd. Day two of the trial, the firefighter who was at the scene testifying in tears that she was desperate to help George Floyd, but that officers would not let her. And the team who recorded that video of Derek Chauvin kneeling on Floyd's neck also breaking down on the stand, what she says still keeps her up at night. New satellite images over a North Korean nuclear plant. The alarming thing they show in the growing pressure on President Biden. The U.S. racing for a potential fourth COVID wave. The troubling signs, 19 states reporting a rise in hospitalizations. The new CDC directors and the nation's governors. The first video from inside the border patrol facility. A fourth wave? Thousands of migrant children. The young get separated into playpens where they also sleep. The disturbing surveillance, a 65-year-old Asian woman brutally attacked in broad daylight in New York City. Oh, Lord. The hunt for the suspect. The new Secret Service report finding that school shootings are preventable. The warning signs to look for. And the countdown to an opening day like no other. This is NBC Nightly News with Lester Holt. Good evening, everyone. Captured on video in its entirety and seen around the world, so many of us essentially became witnesses to the death of George Floyd, but spared the trauma of actually seeing it face to face. Unlike the eyewitnesses who testified today in the murder trial of Derek Chauvin, he's the now former policeman charged with murdering Floyd. Today, the jury heard from bystanders describing what it was like to watch from just feet away as Floyd became unresponsive while under the knee of Officer Chauvin. Today, on day two of the trial, we heard from the underage girl who recorded the moment, a video that horrified so many. I just don't understand why he stayed on the shoulder so long. Does anybody else know why he stayed on his neck so long? Ah, good point, Joyce. <laughs> Cheryl, why am I cool? What do you mean? You know, if the officers get proven innocent, it will be. That's what I'm saying, Trish. It'll be a riot. Why, Brandon? What's wrong with the news people? But does anybody know why he stayed on his neck so long? That's what was so weird. I mean, if the guy was drugged out, why not just take him off? True, Joe. Joe said it was all part of the act, truth. Has enforced a painful reckoning. Dean Gutierrez is in Minneapolis tonight with late developments from the trial. On the witness stand today, Donald Williams fought back tears as he heard the 911 call he placed while George Floyd was dying. He was pretty hard to kill this guy that wasn't really get to the rest. Williams, a bystander at the scene last May, said he studied mixed martial arts and told Derek Chauvin, the former Minneapolis police officer, was placing Floyd in a kill or blood choke. Uh, they called police. 
And why did you do that? Because uh, I believe I witness a murder. During cross-examination today, a tense exchange with Chauvin's attorney. When you do a blood choke, what you are trained on generally is to limit the blood supply to both sides of the neck. No, blood choke is detected on side of the neck. Chauvin's defense team is arguing Floyd died from underlying health conditions and drugs in his system. The next several witnesses testified off camera since they were minors at the time. I heard George Floyd saying, I can't breathe, please get off of me. Carmella Frazier, now 18, shot the cell phone video that ricocheted across the world because she said what was happening to Floyd wasn't right. If not for that video, George Floyd likely wouldn't be a household name. When I look at George Floyd, I look at I look at my dad, I look at my brothers, I look at my cousins, my uncles, because they are all black. I look at how that could have been one of them. It's the nights I stayed up apologizing to George Floyd for not doing more. Late today, a Minneapolis firefighter testified she was stopped from giving medical assistance to Floyd when she first arrived at the scene. When you couldn't do that, how did that make you feel? Totally distressed. Were you frustrated? I didn't know she was there. The defense has suggested that this was a heavy crowd of bystanders, but the prosecution argues it was a small group of people going about their daily lives, thrust into a traumatic situation. Did y'all know somebody was wanting to give him... Just breaking tonight, new satellite pictures help. raising alarms about North Korea's nuclear program after a series of recent threats and provocations. Edward Mitchell now with late details. Kim Jong-un taking another step towards building more nuclear bombs. According to experts studying a satellite picture just taken today, the picture is showing smoke rising from North Korea's main nuclear processing plant. Experts say it appears that North Korea is about to make more bombs or already has. How concerning is it? I think it's certainly concerning when you add. Well, first of all, I thought North Korea, I thought that guy was real sick. <laughs> Angela said, what a joke on a stick. <laughs> that is funny. The sick are young and fueling the numbers. Infection rates growing for those under 50, including teenagers, some who now qualify for a vaccine. It just really puts me at ease. I'm not constantly worried about getting COVID. It's helping out the whole entire nation and the whole entire world. With most of the nation, some 30 states, still recording a rise in new cases, Michigan's hospitalization rate is rising faster than it did in the fall. In New Jersey, the governor just lifted more restrictions. But over the weekend, hospitals admitted more COVID patients than they released. New York, home again to one of the highest new case rates per capita. We've got patients waiting in our ER <laughs> for a long time. Look at that guy's eyes. Lord have mercy. The governor says he'll issue an executive order forbidding vaccine passports. The state has become a bellwether. After spring break scenes like these and rolling back nearly every restriction, cases are rising. Today, the CDC director calling governors, asking them to reinstate safety mandates. Lifting all these restrictions, telling people not to wear masks, gathering in large crowds, that's the equivalent of playing with fire. With roughly 90% of Americans eligible for vaccinations in the next... Well, hey, I thought... Uh... I thought Texas's numbers were down, even though they told them they didn't have to have a, uh, didn't have to wear a mask. Isn't their numbers down? All right, Miss Joyce, good night.
So what do y'all think about us being in a fourth wave, they're saying? Next three weeks, a new poll finds vaccine hesitancy is declining, especially in the South and among African Americans. Tonight, those at highest risk set to soon get the protection they need. Lester, all right, Miguel, thanks. vaccine hesitancy. WHO report with China on the origins of the coronavirus. The U.S. among the countries raising what a farce. Well, we're in the time, Brad, of lawlessness. Lawlessness abounds. Well, Brad, I'm going to get off here. It was nice spending time with you tonight. I pray y'all have a good evening. Author and White House correspondent Dr. June Knight has published 10 books. As she traveled the country in obedience to God's serving ministries, her books are about the Bride of Christ, preparing the church for the end of days, persecution, purity, and spiritual warfare. She even wrote a book revealing the pain and struggles of her own life called Testimony of a Broken Bride, Jesus is the True Husband. Her books hope to help families make right decisions in the coming days about the mark of the beast and to choose Jesus over the beast system. She released four books this year about current day situations such as judgment, technology, tribulation, days and more. These four books released in April of 2020 after she left the White House and exposes what she knows about President Trump and the Antichrist agenda. These books reveal apostasy plus idolatry equals judgment and it's for the harvest. Dr. June reveals the great divide in the church in this hour due to the great deception. She explains what is the ecumenical movement, new apostolic reformation, and false religions, exposes the one world religion agenda. Dr. June exposes the new world order and satanic agenda. This book exposes the lie of the new apostolic reformation evangelicals who have surrounded the president and is partnering with the beast system. This book chronicles 40 days of repentance and casting down 40 idols in our nation and church. This book reveals the biblical pattern of judgment and the current judgment. What is the pattern of God's judgment? Why does he judge? What is my role in this? This book discusses now that we know apostasy plus idolatry equals judgment. Where do we go from here? How do we prepare? What do we look for? What about technology? The human implantation chip, etc. So purchase the American pod books today before they shut them down. Be alert. Be informed. Be equipped for the war ahead. Or go to www.gotreehouse.org and purchase all 10 of Dr. Jews' books today on sale. If you are interested in writing a book, please go to treehousepublishers.com. Thank you. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. 
Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.